today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Some good news for uh, the steel industry uh, here in Canada, specifically obviously here in the Hamilton area, uh, because of the impact it has on our local economy. Uh, the Canadian government has introduced a notice of ways and means motion to help protect Canada's steelmakers. Uh, Bob Bertina is the Liberal MP for Hamilton East Stony Creek and a member, of course, of the Steel Committee up on Parliament Hill. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and uh, I've got an important uh, speech to make in the House today because uh, we call them our SO31s, our our brief commentaries. And we have uh, a very distinguished uh, pair of uh, donors in Hamilton whom I'm going to celebrate in Parliament and put their, their names officially and their deed uh, in in Hansard. And I'm, of course, talking about Charles and Margaret Jurovinsky. But uh, let's move on to uh, the topic of the day. Well, that's no good. I'm glad you're going to do that. We had Charlie on the show last week uh, after he had made the announcement about yeah. that legacy fund, and that's that's great news for the city and uh, and very typical of Charlie and Margaret. I mean, they're wonderful people. I'm they glad sure you're going to do that. Uh, listen, yeah. we talked about, uh, Bob, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about, uh, first of all, the tariff situation, and that finally yeah. has been resolved, and that's good news. Uh, this is kind of a companion piece to this, isn't it? Yes, it is, because you remember there was uh, some concern when CITT said that uh, there was no uh, substantiation for continuing with five of the seven safeguards, and so five were removed, uh, and there was concern on many sides. And what happened at that time was, and you'll recall this too, that Finance Minister Morrow said, we'll take a a 30-day consultation period which is uh, actually a little less than 30 days ago. But uh, we've been talking with uh, all of the uh, stakeholders on, remember the issue was, well, if we can't do this, is there something else we can do that will have the same effect? So this is the the answer to uh, the safeguard problem that was created when CITT said you can't have the, the five on there. But what we've done is we've been able to circumvent a, a two-year wait to reimpose those safeguards. We haven't done it yet because we've got to get a unanimous vote in, in the House for that. But uh, the fact is that uh, Finance Minister Morrow has come up with a solution that if suddenly uh, we're being dumped upon by China and other steelmakers in view of the lifting of the tariffs, that we can very quickly reestablish those safeguards that we had to lift uh, about a month ago. Yeah, I, I was kind of intrigued by that as I got uh, some of the background on this, that, that there were tools in place, and I think you'd mentioned that in one of our earlier conversations, but there's only a time limit, I mean, which seemed kind of odd because, uh, you know, the offending country, be it China or anybody else, could just, you know, say, okay, well, we'll do it after the period's over and we can do this, and they got, these guys can't do anything about it. It, it was really a loophole in, in, in the the rule that's put in place here. And and I'm glad that the finance ministers find a way to get around this because there has always been a concern about dumping of foreign steel at cheap prices. Uh, and they want to get into the Canadian market, but more importantly, they want to get into the American market and they can do that through Canada, it, or so they think anyway. But this is going to make it a, a lot more difficult for that to happen. It is, because we'll be able to react very quickly. Of course, we have to monitor the situation. Uh, That's the issue, to see that, you know, there's a boat right now unloading uh, one of the products, uh, energy tubular products coming from, you know, Romania or someplace. Uh, And all of a sudden, there's a surge in that, and we've got to wait two years before we can respond to it. 
Well, that that could put a company out of business in Canada because of the the time lag. So what we're able to do is very quickly, upon determination that uh, they're playing these games and dumping steel in here, that we can uh, quickly uh, impose the safeguards again. And, and those safeguards would last for 200 days, and that would enable us to respond quickly. There's another issue, too, Bill, that I, I think it's worth uh, mentioning, is that when Trump imposed the or threatened the tariffs on Mexico, uh, the world realizes that nothing seems to be written in stone. And so we have to have a lot of uh, tools at our disposal to react very quickly to a scene that may change quickly. And so that's what what we're doing right now. And we're we're hoping and assuming that we will get unanimous approval uh, to do this is because that's what re- is required. What, you mentioned the monitoring. Let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. How effective is the monitoring? Because you're right, Bob. I mean, you've got to have eyes uh, on all of this stuff. Uh, obviously, in ports of entry, uh, Vancouver, I guess, especially if you're going to be talking about stuff that's going to come from uh, the continent of Asia. Uh, and and uh, obviously, the India steel market is another area that has to be a, a concern at this stage, too. Uh, is is there a concern here that maybe you need to beef up that, that, that sort of uh, oversight that, that has to be part of this process? Yes, and uh, it's it's been a le- very longstanding condition because uh, when I was a boy at home and reading the DeFasco flashes where my dad worked, uh, Frank Sherman in those days, in the 50s, was talking about dumping as a problem. And uh, it, it may seem funny to people, how can you have you know several hundred tons of steel on a ship to sneak in? But there's a lot of ships, a lot of ports, a lot of ways for things to move. And so, for instance, uh, the president of Stelco told us that uh, he got an inquiry from Turkey about uh, that nice dock that you got there in Hamilton, and uh, would you be willing to lease out some space for us so that they could unload steel? And then very quickly that steel ends up in uh, in a middleman in a broker's uh, pile, and uh, maybe it's sprayed with something or painted with something to suddenly make it Canadian steel, and then it's in the marketplace. So we do have to, and in fairness to the United States, uh, we have to respond to their concern that, yeah, uh, we don't put these tariffs on. You guys let all this cheap steel in, and here we go again. So uh, we we have to do a better job at it, that's for sure. Let's uh, talk about this. I know you're well-heeled about the steel industry and, and the impact that it has. Yeah. And, and there are some people that are going to say, come on, it's a free market. I mean, if you can get cheaper steel yeah. from China, go ahead. Uh, but yeah. th- it's, in a, it's a matter of undercutting this industry, which, as you mentioned, is going to make it problematic for steelmakers here. But there's also, as, as as I found out, uh, there are concerns about quality from steel from other markets as well. Yeah, we had a, a steel purchase in uh, British Columbia for, I, I think it was a bridge, and they assembled, I believe the steel originated in Korea, and upon assembling the bridge, they found out it did, did not match the specs that were promised, and they had to take the whole thing down again. It, it is a real concern. And then you can add to it, I think that most of us would agree climate change is a huge issue right now. That's very dirty steel uh, for so many reasons, because, uh, for instance, if you look at China, the the ore, the coal, uh, all has to travel a long way. So there's a a cost uh, and a a greenhouse gas cost in terms of that. And then there's these very old 
inefficient uh, plants that they have there with, you know, the uh, poor safety regulations for the workers and all of that, but just dealing with greenhouse gases. It's probably in the something like ten times the amount of greenhouse gases. So somebody's going to say, "Well, that Defasco and that Stelco, uh, they're large emitters." Yes, but they don't. They pale in comparison to the emissions from these dumping companies because they're coming from third world kind of situations where they don't have the controls on GHG. And, you know, the, I know DeFasco is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to make clean, efficient uh, 21st century operation. And we shouldn't be stressing, you know, their ability to make steel because we've got to get steel from somewhere. If we don't get it from there, we're going to get it from a very high environmentally polluting uh, origin. And, and quality means something. I mean, uh-huh. as, as I've talked yeah. to people in the construction industry, they have told me that. Uh, one of the reasons yeah. that the steel in some of these markets is cheaper is because they don't make it as well. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, you're talking about possibly infrastructure falling apart. I mean, we saw that a couple of years ago with a, a, an unfortunate rash of, of, of bridges falling apart and things of this nature. That comes down to the material that you use to build these things. Yes, it's it's exactly right. And the, the sad part of it is... It, Maybe if you're putting up a bridge, it'll look okay for five or ten years. But in the 15th year, it might collapse. And, you know, the Romans built aqueducts that are 2,000 years old still standing because they did it right with the right materials. And we've got to ensure that in this day and age because there's a lot of uh, poor quality out there. If the bottom line is is strictly the dollar figure, we're all going to get hurt. And who knows, maybe that was an issue with the the infamous pavement on the Red Hill. Was there a cost-saving issue there? So it's 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 so important and the the steps that we're taking today i'm I'm very proud of this because we said look citt the the trade tribunal has given us this answer so how can we deal with the reality that's what they said we're not going to go against them and this is what we've come up with so uh that shows you that you know the finance minister morrow has had his ear to the ground and we've all been talking with with all of our counterparts they've been in Ottawa numerous times and so everyone from uh, steelworkers unions on up are on target with this and i assume uh, later today or, or certainly with this week bill we'll see uh, unanimous consent to move forward with this uh, with this proposal now this is working within the rules i mean this is an, uh, an interesting twist on this uh the world trade organization uh, who obviously oversees what goes on on the international yeah. uh, trade uh, they're they're on side with this are they Yes, they are. Uh, but we wanted to stay on side with the WTO with regard to the Canadian, with our tariff tribunal, because that was the issue uh, that the WTO supported our trade tribunal, and we were being asked to go against our trade tribunal. So that would have created a problem. This way, we keep everybody happy, but we still have that able to quickly respond to sudden dumping. What we, you know, we refer to the word we're using as surge. The other point, though, that needs to be uh, understood is that there could be a surge as well, and this is, gets part of the complication of just increased uh, business. That uh, all of a sudden, for instance, a Canadian company might be selling a lot more steel uh, if. Uh, the Americans come through with their infrastructure plan, you know, the trillion or so that the, they sort of want to get through the house in the United States. Well, if that happens, 
they'll need steel from all over the place, including Canada. So there will be a surge, which will have to be quickly analyzed to say, no, this isn't dumping from uh, the third world. This is real activity that uh, everybody is benefiting from. Well, and and which is why the, the oversight that we talked about is going to be so important, because if somebody does raise that question and say, are you sure this isn't from China? Uh, if you've got documentation, so, uh-uh, no, that was that was made right here in Hamilton or Sault Ste. Marie or right. whatever it's going to be, uh, that exactly. would that would ease that. So uh, the other element, I guess, here is timing, Bob, because uh, uh, I know you want to get this done. You, as you mentioned, you need unanimous consent, yeah. which I hope you're going to yeah. get in the Commons. Uh, yeah. But you, you guys have only got a few more days before you have to break for the summer. And uh, is there a, a concern here that you can't get this done, or will you get this done before the summer break? Well, I, I can't see why it wouldn't be. But we've always got the option of coming back. I mean, before the writs dropped, uh, stranger things have happened, you know, and we could all end up uh, on August the 3rd and back in Ottawa uh, during an Ottawa summer heat wave to, uh, to do this. So we... we we have that ability uh, to extend the, the House sitting, but I'm pretty sure uh, I, I'd be shocked if somebody voted against it. Well, I mean, but this uh, it, things it, have happened. Yeah, I mean, it is a bill, which means it has to go first, second, third reading, etc. But you can you can do that within a day, really. You can really kind of rush that process, can't you? Yes, uh, you we can. But this is my first ways and means, so I'm not going to cite. Uh, paragraph in line on on it. Uh, we just got a briefing this morning. And so uh, before uh, question period today, uh, I'll have, uh, I'll be able to report exactly on how the ways and means issues uh, are, are speedily dealt with, because it's intended to be a, a fast responding, um, the way that Parliament can respond quickly to issues. So we, we should be able to get it done in short order. Well, I know the uh, obviously the industry and the unions are on side with this too, so the sooner the better, I guess, as far as everybody's concerned. Well, I'm looking at my clock right now, and it says vote call 1155, so it, maybe that's the one. Hope I better so. get over there. Hope so. We'll be watching. <laughs> Bob, thanks for the time today. Great. Uh, thanks so much. That's uh, Hamilton East Stony Creek MP uh, Bob Rutina uh, with some good news for the steel industry, which obviously is good news for the Hamilton economy. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.